0: This is Homeschooling in Real Life. Welcome to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast. This is Fletch.
1: And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel.
0: On the Homeschooling IRL podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. This is Fletch. And this is Kendra. We want to welcome you to episode 56 of Homeschooling in Real Life, The Quiet Fight Among Women.
1: What do you think that is?
0: I oh, don't know. I have a feeling it's going to be fun, though. I feel like I can be quiet on this whole episode. It's going to be an all-women episode.
1: Well, that's true, except in our interview with this guest, we talked quite a bit about how men struggle with some of these issues as well.
0: Yeah, so we're going to sit down with her in a Skype interview in a few moments. But in the meantime, uh, what's going on around the Fletcher house that we need to talk to our listeners about?
1: Today was a special needs day.
0: Wow, Mighty Joe was off the hook today, huh?
1: <laughs> yeah, and anybody who has a special needs kid... I just, I, nothing more needs to be said, right? It's a special needs day. So he was very angry. He was sent to his bed to cool off. He was throwing things at the door in his anger.
0: Yeah, so the house that we're getting ready to sell now has a broken bedroom door. Yeah. It. Joe. yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Excellent. That's life with a special needs child it's-
0: yeah, so that's going on. We have some it's just fun summer. Daughter's still in France. So we are we had a great show last week. In that episode, you heard uh, moms uh, controlling, losing control of their mouth. It was a great, a lot of great responses from people. Yeah, so.
1: I would say just day one, the response on Facebook, um, that was just people saying, oh, me too, me too.
0: Yeah, so thanks for that. I think whenever we're real, that's when things get crazy on homeschooling in real life. So... Um, so that's what's going on. You know, we have our daughter in France again. Yeah, it's been a fun there. day. She'll be coming back in July. But speaking of France, one of the things in the last podcast was you were in a French...
1: City, correct. City. Yeah, Um, so I had this crazy, I don't even know how many hours I was in Des Moines, but it wasn't very long because my flight was delayed in Denver, and I didn't actually get to Des Moines until the end of the first day of the conference, and here's the thing, my plane landed at, got off the plane at like 5 o'clock, I go, I catch the shuttle, which was late, to take me to the conference center, they dropped me in front. I find somebody to take me up to my room. I get my stuff together, and I was speaking at 5:31, and I was supposed to speak at 5:30. So, I mean, literally walked off that plane, straight <laughs> to the conference, yeah. and started speaking, and it was just crazy. And if you were one of those people in that first session that I was, I arrived for, I, blah, 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 that's how I was talking. <laughs> It was just like yeah, crazy, <laughs> so discombobulated, like, well hello and then spoke three times the next day Ended at 3.30 and was on a plane at 5.15. So I didn't see much of Des Moines except for going out to dinner with one of our hurlers.
0: Yeah, you um, met a couple of hurlers, right?
1: Yeah, I met, oh yeah, a couple of hurlers who were who were there. Amy, shout out to Amy who was in the front row at like I think all the sessions that I did. Um, met Karen Knapp from Faith Family Fibro blog. Um, and Vanessa Strohmeyer and I went out to dinner. I'm trying to think, I'm leaving somebody out because I know there was someone else who's a listener. Anyways, shout out to you, whose name I'm not remembering. Um, So that's really fun. That is, that is the best part of doing any of these is connecting with people because I don't know that I'm necessarily saying anything that another uh, homeschooler that's been there, done that, could say. Um, But connecting with people, hearing people's stories, listening to their hearts, trying to troubleshoot, all of that, that is worth every second on a plane that's delayed.
0: Yeah, so... Crazy weekend. I mean, you leave here Thursday at, what time did you leave our house?
1: Uh, About noon, I think. Thursday
0: about noon, California time. Mm -hmm. Delayed. Spend the night in Denver (laughs) because you can't.
1: But see, now that's another good thing to say because I was in Denver and I put it up on Facebook like, well, I'm missing my flight to Des Moines. And immediately this young woman who had been a babysitter of ours, you know, years ago had taught our first kids to swim. She says, hey, I am 15 minutes from the airport. Come stay at my house. I'll feed you. I'll, you know, whatever. And she did. She picked me up from the airport. And you know what? That was God ordained because I wasn't in Des Moines doing what I thought I was going to be doing. But I was on her couch for several hours listening to her heart. We had a great conversation, some great time together. Um, God knew what he was doing.
0: Yeah. And then you eventually get to Des Moines. You get... Whirlwind speaking, yeah. you're on a plane at 5 o'clock the next night, Right, sitting on the ground later again in Denver. <laughs>
1: yeah, delayed and then for lightning storms three times. Yeah, Finally,
0: 9 p.m. Saturday night, you roll into Sacramento. Yeah, so, and
1: what's the first thing we did, Fletch? Because, you know, what do you do when you fly into California? We
0: had in-and-out burgers. We did. We went in-and-out yeah. Yeah, late at night with three Fletcher kids uh, in tow because we had nobody to watch kids when I had to come pick you up at the airport. (laughs) So that's the life of a homeschool speaker. You're traveling across the country. It's not glamorous. It's not glamorous at all. (laughs) It's
1: not glamorous. Hey, you know what, though? Let's use this opportunity to say I'm actually going to be in Dallas next month with Teach Them Diligently. And, you know, we are big Teach Them Diligently fans. So I'm excited about that, too. If you're going to be in Dallas, grab me. You know, let's connect because that's the best part.
0: All right, so we are ready to get started with tonight's show, aren't we? We are. But we have some big news. We have a new sponsor, so let's uh, talk about them.
1: The animated feature Ice Dragon, Legend of the Blue Daisies, blooms on big screens nationwide for a two-day family-friendly adventure. Take an amazing journey to an enchanted world that holds a secret where hope is in a song in select cinemas nationwide, March 24th and 26th only. Tickets are on sale now at phantomevents.com. If you missed the live event, purchase a copy for your home library on Blu-ray, digital, or DVD. Visit icedragonmovie.com for free resources for the kids.
0: All right, so on tonight's show, we're going to be sitting down, like you said, with Angie Tolpin. But Mm -hmm. before we get there, I would like to read this uh, review that came in on iTunes. I think it pertains to tonight's show. And what I love about it is that this mom wrote the review. It was mom. She wrote the review and then immediately emailed us and said, I'm sorry, I wrote the review under my son's account because I listened to iTunes using his iTunes account. And I guess she was apologizing because the rest of his reviews are like video games, and then <laughs> he reviews homeschooling in real life. So let me read this to you right now. So she says, I'm loving homeschooling IRL. I first heard about this podcast when my Mothers in Christ group was blessed to hear Fletch and Kendra speak. Remember we went down to Fresno? We did. Yeah. So if you are ever interested in having us come speak at your group, let us know. Uh, Fresno we drove to, but we'll go anywhere. If, if there's a group in Hawaii, we would love to come speak at your group. We'd be more than happy to. But she goes on to say, oh, my. <laughs> so I think that's in relationship to us speaking mm. because we were. Uh, we that got can ver- go either way, Fletch. Well, we got very real in Fresno live. Mm. And, you know, if I'm on a live mic and I don't have the ability to edit, things are going to get squirrely. So, uh, but I do have to say, I dragged my feet in finally listening. And now I don't know why I waited. Yes, I do. As a new homeschool mom, I was getting bogged down with my reading about way too many ways that the other homeschoolers do things and had told myself to stop reading and comparing. But when I finally settled down, realized that God has me where he wants me and tuned in, I found out that this podcast was just what I need. Fletch and Kendra talk about much more important issues than just what curriculum should be used. They talk about things that I have not even thought about, as well as subjects that have come to mind, but for which I do not have a sounding board to figure out. I could not and cannot get enough. Thank you, Fletch and Kendra, for your wit, realism, and inspiration, in addition to continually shifting my hope back to the only one who knows all things. That is a fantastic review, and I just want to thank you for leaving that on iTunes and encourage the rest of you to get your buns over there and do the same. But you know why I really loved it is because she's talking about the topic of the night, which is on comparisons.
1: Yeah. That is such great timing, Fletch, because we really are talking about some of those things she mentioned. Just that comparison that, that makes us feel like we're just not doing it as well as somebody else, you know?
0: Yeah. And and we're going to be sitting down with Angie talking about, and she's going to spend a lot of time talking about women. And you know, that part you really liked that you just, you were talking to me about before the show is that this has been around
1: Right. Yeah. I think we think that social media has amplified it and probably has, but it didn't start 10 or 15 years ago. You know, it started with Cain and Abel. It started with the fall. I mean, we just are always hope shifting. Right. Yeah, And
0: this is not just a women's thing. Mm -mm. I mean, can I take a minute now and talk about where I kind of see this playing out with men? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to be talking about comparisons, but you know, one of the things, and I think I said it during the interview with her is that you know, men do this and I it, the warning is to wives. You know, if you think that this is just a women looking at Pinterest thing and like, oh, my husband doesn't look at Pinterest. Um, I'll tell you what your husband is looking at. He's looking at other guys' gym selfies <laughs> and he's looking at the toys that other guys are buying. Yeah. You know, the boats, the vacations, the the cars, the thing, the jobs that yeah. people have landed.
1: Yeah. Well, if I only had my own business, like so-and-so I'd have more freedom. If I only had yeah. more income, like so-and-so my marriage wouldn't be struggling. If I own, which is hope shifting.
0: You want to know what the real horrible one is? What? Ooh. What? If I really had the wife, uh, that the body in the sidebar has yeah. or if yeah. I really, my wife really had the body that this yeah. woman in the sidebar has that
1: photoshopped those, are woman those in the
0: sneaky <laughs> images that right. creep up right and say they just are trying to lure you mm-hmm. to that and it's typically i'll just say it's typically from the huffington post <laughs> or right. something you know there's yeah. something there that's trying to get your attention mm-hmm. come look at this and so you think the comparison game is just women i think these are some subtle ways that men play the comparison game and i'm just here to tell you if you think your husband isn't being shown these things through friends through other guys at work or just like i said through the sneaky internet think twice Mm. because i think it's out there so um let's yeah let's sit down with uh angie now on skype and uh we'll we'll get that interview going
1: We are happy to have with us in the studio, um, well, actually not in the studio, we are talking with Angie Tolpin on Skype tonight. Um, So Angie, why don't you tell us a little bit about your family?
2: Well, first of all, thanks for letting me join you tonight. This is really fun. I always um, like getting to connect with other people online. It's a little bit more like sitting in your kitchen or on the sofa having a cup of tea. So thank you. I am married to my husband, Isaac. We are about to celebrate our 16th wedding anniversary. And we have six kids ranging from 14 to four and one on the way in November. And I am a stay-at-home mom. I homeschool my kids. And we've homeschooled from the beginning. So, yeah, for a while. And uh, my husband runs his own business. He has a business partner and the company is called choose growth. And, um, we have a couple other side businesses as well. And we, for the last 10 years have lived on a small hobby vineyard that we cultivated. And, um, it's, we actually planted the vineyard, um, not because we have this, you know, overwhelming love for wine or anything like that. We actually planted it because we wanted to have a work ethic, journey with our kids. We wanted to have a project that we could work on with them where we were building something from the ground up and, um, just something to teach them work ethic and fruits of your labor and sowing and reaping and all of that kind of stuff. So that's kind of been our family big project for the last nine and a half years. And, um, about nine, Ten months ago, we moved to Central Oregon, so we still own that property and have tenants in it now, Um, but we are on a new adventure and enjoying a different climate and hiking and just different activities as a family while we are building our business here in this smaller community.
1: What a fun and interesting project. Yeah. And an expensive one. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No kidding. Huh? Well, Angie, you and I, um, chatted a bit online about this project that you have just started. Um, and I jumped at this when you told me about it because I so see the necessity of talking about this issue openly. I'm a little bit of an older mom. Um, now, you know, we have older children and, and whatnot. And I just feel like in the last 10 to 15 years, it seems amplified to me that there is this, this quiet fight, like you call it a quiet fight among women. Um, and I, I wanted to have you on this show so that we could, we could talk openly about what it is you're doing. So can you tell us about that?
2: Yeah, I think that you're right. As far as it being amplified in the last decade, I I definitely think that this quiet fight, among women is something that has been around for since the beginning, to be honest. I (laughs) mean, we have examples all throughout scripture, you know, Rachel and Leah, I can't imagine having a sister and being married to the same man and having that pressure to bring forth a son. And I just, everything that they went through, I'm sure that there was a quiet fight between them and, you know, and Esther being among all of the women, um, To win the king's heart in beauty, it sounds kind of like a pageant that you would be a part of, right? You know, like a Miss America or something, where everyone is trying to win the prize. And and there's multiple scriptures, even among men, you know, with Cain and Abel and Jacob and Esau, there was there was this competitive nature that was among humans. And I think that you're right, though, that for women's relationships today it's been amplified i can't help but want to point my finger at social media in a way i think that that has perpetuated it a lot mm. um because i think that we you know if we are lonely especially women who are stay-at-home moms or or if you're even if you are a busy working mom and And you just want to connect with people, right? That draw to get into social media and to try to know what's going on with the people that you care about. And then you see good things. Like usually what's in a Facebook newsfeed is everyone's highlights, right? Right, And so what we see are their highlights. And we often compare what we know is our reality, which isn't always the highlights. It's everything, right? Like we're aware of our sin. We're aware of the hardships we're going through and we're aware of the highlights. But- we're comparing all of what we know about what we're experiencing to everyone else's highlights. And it can be a trap for us. You know, it's part of that comparison trap where we can start to become, um, envious, jealous. Um, we can, we can even judge other people because you can't tell the tone of another person's, um, heart intention behind a comment in a, in a post or a thread, or you you can't tell that it's the same with text messaging, right? And I think that God designed us for authentic, real community, um, where we're able to have those heart-to-heart conversations, right? Where you can tell the tone or heart intention in someone, and you can think the best of them, right? And but on Facebook or on other social media engines, and there are a lot, there are good things that we can do with that as well. We try to redeem it, right? But we just need to really guard ourselves and be aware that what we see isn't the whole truth, right? It's not.
1: It's not something that we should be comparing. Yeah, absolutely true. And funny enough, I just had somebody direct message me today or private message me today and say something about how impressed she was with my family or something like that. And I said, no, no, you are seeing Facebook, you know, and let me tell you what happened this morning and let me tell you what I've been struggling this week. And it's so easy to see that. And I I love seeing people's good stuff, but you're right. In our own minds, it's this feeling that like, oh, wow, how wonderful for them. But my life is a mess. Yeah,
2: I've had the same thing where you become almost accused of having a perfect life and other people um, can sometimes become so, it, it can be upsetting to some people, right? And so I know that for our family, Isaac and I, when before we got on social media, we were very intentional in saying, okay, well, what is our mission? This is all like, it's like a whole new world and we're still Christ followers. So what's our mission while we're in there? We want to be a light for the Lord. We don't want to be like the party poopers that are nagging all the time. you know. But at the same time, we want to be as real as we can be um, in sharing both the good and the sorrowful and the hard and, and trying to glorify Him when we share those things. But I think that the quiet fight among women is far greater than social media. I think that's just one tool that has been used to perpetuate it in the last decade. It really comes down to where our identities as women are our worth is in Christ alone as Christians. It's not in what we do. It's not in how we do it. It's not in any successes that we have. Um, And that God's not going to love us any more or any less because of those things. He loves us. And when we get to that, that foundational identity, and we love ourselves the way God loves us, and we view ourselves the way God views us, it's easier for us to view our sister the way God views her.
1: Yeah. And, and less threatening too, because I'm safe and secure in the knowledge that God loves me. And you want what's best for your
2: sister and it's, and you want to see them um, thriving in who God's made them to be. I think that this quiet fight just negatively impacts so many relationships. And then, you know, as I started working on the project, it, it did start out as a, you know, looking back over the last decade and then going back even into my childhood and going, wow, this is this comparison trap is something I remember struggling with in kindergarten, like worrying about how I was dressed for picture day or what the kids were thinking of me when we were doing different sports in PE class. You know, um, it, it, it's even the little things like at lunch, if I pick the wrong thing in the lunch line, or you know what I mean? Am I going to get made fun of? Or, you know, just being. Um, because I was a more of a people pleaser, I worried about that kind of stuff more. But, um, you know, and then in junior high, that's a whole nother, that age category is a whole nother topic, right? But my point is being, I think that this is something that humans, we struggle with this, this, I, this identity, really, it's trying to find out who we are and being confident in who we are without hearing what other people think and being confident in who we are because that's who God made us to be. And then taking that a step farther from a spiritual perspective and being able to um, allow God to grow in us and show us the spiritual gifts that he has for us and then exercising them with confidence that that's what he's called us to, and allowing our sister to do the same without being competitive. Because I think that sometimes on a spiritual gifting level, we can tend to put certain spiritual gifts on a pedestal, like whether that's speaking or or even being an author or um, being Um, a breadwinner. I mean, it just depends on what circle of life that you're in, right? What your community values the most. I think that women subconsciously have this like checklist in their head of what they need to be in order to be so-and-so's friend or what she needs to be in order to be my friend. I don't believe that that's God-glorifying. That's not how the church is set up. When it comes to the family of God, he's dispersed the gifts beautifully among the church for the edification of all. And when we have that competitive nature and we put certain gifts on pedestals or we make certain gifts like servanthood gifts lesser than, it, it just brings him dishonor. And it actually disables us from being able to function the way we're supposed to as the church.
0: Well, uh, we're going to need to take a break, and I'm afraid that our listeners are wondering if Fletch has anything to say here. So, <laughs> as as is my job, I'm going to come back after this break with the really hard question. So, let's take a break, and we'll be right back. It's Fletch here, and I know on this podcast we joke a lot about my love for coffee. Kendra likes to poke fun, but you know, for me it's more than just a cup of coffee. It's everything that goes into it, from the bean you choose to the grind. I mean, you know, I love opening a bag and smelling fresh coffee beans, and I love grinding them to perfection. You know, for my favorite cups of coffee, it's not just throwing coffee grounds in hot water. I choose the perfect grind uh, for my press. And when I press that hot water uh, through my coffee, it's the perfect temperature and it's steamed uh, just right. You know, for me, it's like a science experiment, and by the time that coffee hits my cup, I am so excited uh, to enjoy the glory of God in a hot cup of coffee. Do you know where that starts? that starts with really good coffee beans and knowing where they're from uh, knowing where and how they're harvested and the people and the farmers behind it it's knowing how to roast those beans and then knowing how to ship them the same day they're ordered so that people get very very fresh coffee That's what Caroline's Coffee Roasters does very well. When you go to carolinescoffee.com and order your hand-roasted coffee, it's hand-packaged the same day and sent out so that you can have the very freshest coffee in your cup. And here's where it gets really, really good. For our listeners, they've given us a code, H-I-R-L. That's Hurl for our hurlers. And if you enter that at checkout, you get 10% off every order. Listen, folks, you no longer need to settle for over-roasted national coffee at your local supermarket. You can go online. You can order hand-roasted custom coffee sent directly to you so that you're enjoying fresh hot coffee in your cup. Caroline's Coffee Roasters. It's at carolinescoffee.com. Go tell them Fletch and Kendra sent you. All right, and we are back, and we are talking with Angie Tolpin about uh, the quiet fight between women. Now, I told you I had a tough question, and mm-hmm. this is uh, as tough as it gets. Um, we're homeschooling in real life. Now, obviously, homeschoolers have this topic sewn up, right? There's no none of these issues between homeschoolers. <laughs>
2: Oh, no, not at all.
0: <laughs> uh, do you see that like we do? And we just want to be really honest and open about it. Where are we seeing this or where are we failing horribly, specifically as Christian homeschoolers?
2: You're not joking. That is a hard question. In that getting really real, it's, oh, yeah, of course we struggle with this. I think, um, well, here here's real for you. I think that there... Has been, especially since there have been a lot more fallouts that have been happening lately in the homeschooling community where um, certain leaders have fallen. Um, There has been a lot of rough stuff out there, a lot of bad publicity, a lot of negative stuff, and a lot of people have decided um, to not homeschool because of it. And some people don't, you know, they make their decision based on their own personal. Reasons, But there has been a mass, it seems like a mass exodus, right? And um, I think that because of that, with the people who continue to homeschool um, and then those who have decided to stop, there's a quiet fight between that group. And then there's also the quiet fight between like what curriculum you're even using in that sense where people can become prideful in anything. Let's just say, I think that really honestly, when it comes down to the quiet fight, a lot of it comes down to pride and arrogance and, and choosing the best way and my way is the best way and what we do. And um, it's funny because a lot of young moms have come to me over the years and asked, Oh, what curriculum do you use? Wanting to, you know, cause they see how, how, the kids are doing, they know our family and they just, they want to make an easy decision. And the best advice that I've been able to give them is to say, listen, every homeschool family that it looks different for everybody. You guys don't have to do the same way we do it. You, your kids are different. They have different learning styles. You're different from me, you know, and, and just being able to give them the freedom that it doesn't always have to look the same. And, um, I, I think that it can start at that level and go all the way to the level of, well, we're not going to spend time with those that family because they don't homeschool and being judgmental of other families that don't or, or vice versa. I see it a lot, you know, because we have been homeschooling. Um, we definitely have experienced the judgments of other people not necessarily reaching out to us as much because we don't go to the public school that they go to or whatnot. Um, I can say honestly, though, that in the last... Um, Five to eight years, I've been able, I feel like we have a really healthy community of people that do both and that um, love the Lord and we're able to have honest community together.
0: Yeah, we, uh, I'm, I'm in charge of the community groups at our church and, you know, we're constantly uh, trying to draw people into real transparent living because it brings freedom. Mm-hmm. And not freedom, uh, as we just said on a recent show, not freedom for licentiousness, but freedom to get this burden off your shoulders that you're the only person that struggles with whatever issue. Um, and one of the topics we talk about a lot, uh, that I encourage a lot is something that we talk about our, on our podcast called hope shifting. And the idea there is that, you know, we constantly shift our hope onto something else to completely satisfy or to fulfill us or to, define our identity whatever that is. So, if you look at the Israelites, they shifted their hope to everything that uh, Egypt provided. So that when they were brought out of that bondage and taken into freedom, they still shifted their hope back and said, "Yeah, but you remember the onions? They were really good in e- in Egypt and we're out here having to eat this manna that God provides." So, this idea of hope shifting and we see this with homeschoolers and I'm I'm assuming this might be a topic that you've seen in and people you've you've talked to that we shift our hope as we look at someone else and say look what they're doing look at her husband or look at her kids or or look at her home school is that something you can relate to as you've kind of thought through this
2: oh for sure and i think that i'm even guilty of having fallen into it too i mean i think that that's part of it you know part of why I've been able to share what I've been able to share in, in this course is because of what I've learned firsthand um, through experience, through my own sin, by being hurt by it, but also by contributing to it. You know, um, none of us are free from the sin of this. As far as in the homeschooling community goes, though, there there's it's just like any other community. There can be cliques. Part part of what I feel is most called to is this call of loving one another and accepting one another the way God would for each of us, that we wouldn't have that hope shifting, as you call it, right? That we would be so firm in our foundation and who we are in Him that we can make the decision to homeschool or not based upon what we feel He's called us to. And we're strong in that. We don't have to be um, constantly looking for someone else to tell us if we're doing
1: a good job. Angie, tell us about the study, The Quiet Fight Between Women, and what your heart is, what somebody can expect to, when they go through it, um, and what the response has sure. been.
2: Well, first of all, the response has been really encouraging, really in some regards, overwhelming. We have a, a private forum that's for the women that are going through the course where they can get per support. And I sometimes will post like extra content in there or link to other blog posts that I've written to kind of help them sift through things. Um, Cause I've written some blog posts on social media and having a mission statement. And so sometimes I put those links in there and it's been really neat to, to hear women's side stories, For them to share why this course, first of all, stood out to them, most women have all shared that they've either contributed to it or they've been hurt by it or both. So this course, as I was developing the um, main premises of it, it kind of came actually out of my first book, Redeeming Childbirth. The first two chapters are called Every Woman Has Her Story and Redeeming the Division. And in the last four years, I had been speaking at mops groups and women's retreats on redeeming the division cultivating unity among women and that talk had just continued to grow and then women would come and share with me afterwards the pain of broken relationships that they had experienced because of how they were choosing to raise their kids whether it was to homeschool or not to whether they chose to have their babies whether they were able to nurse it didn't matter what church i was speaking at it didn't matter if it was in oregon or washington the same issues were coming up among women. I just see the enemy. He's having a heyday, and we're doing it to ourselves. He doesn't even have to work. And where we were supposed to be supporting one another, instead there's attacking and there's judgments, and there's um, a lack of a real sisterhood, even among women in the church. So, you know, building this course, the thing I like about it is because it's broken down into bite-sized pieces that make it accessible for a woman, no matter what her season is, that makes her busy. She can go through it and feel like she's accomplishing things because we've got the five-minute teaching videos, and then she can move on to the next page. And because there's a progression chart on the main page, it can, it'll can it keep track of where you're at as well. So when you come back to it, you can open up the journal questions. You can either type right into them or you can download them there's written content in the course and it's very simple page progression where you can either click on the next page at the bottom of the screen or you can push the next button. And, um, so, and then the exciting thing too is just being able to add in that, um, prayer audio at the end of every unit and exercises or challenges rather to encourage women to reach out in their friendships that they already have to try to make them, um, well not make them, but try to challenge them to be more transparent, more real. And authentic and sharing what they're learning. So um, I envision women peeling potatoes and watching a video on an iPad or hooking it up to their TV on YouTube and and downloading something or listening to the prayer audio on their phone while they're driving. You know, simple things like that where they're still getting that encouragement and they're able to keep progressing through it as if it was a book, but it's not a book that's staring at you at your nightstand every day.
1: That is great, and I am so glad you have listened to what God was prompting you to do and created this course, Angie.
0: We're going to have listeners that immediately grab onto this, and they're going to say, all right, enough homeschooling in real life. I need to get over here and take a look at this study. Uh, How do they directly find you online?
2: Well, um, I have a website at AngieTolpin.com, And there is a little um, tab at the top of the page that says courses. They can just click on that and it'll take them to the page where they can find the courses. We also recently um, just launched our group leader kit, which I'm really excited about. Because to be honest with you, I feel like if we're going to have real change, real growth in the culture of the church, it's going to happen when women are meeting together and discussing this, right? Um, I share in in this group leader kit, we have a video that's just for group leaders and then there's group discussion questions they can download, a prayer audio for them and then there's also a $10 off coupon for anyone who wants to do the course with them. And so if a group of women was to meet and be able to go through the course together and they're watching the videos and they're discussing them and they're praying together and hopefully they come to a place where they're able to confess sins like, way, you know, different seasons in their life, how they struggled with making an idol out of such and such, or, um, how they've struggled in the comparison trap and being able to pray over one another, they're actually experiencing the growth together. And that I think is where we're able to start seeing real change in the culture. Right. And so, um, that is my heart is that women's relationships would grow and so, um, they can find it on AngieTolpin.com. Um, I'm on Facebook. Um, my Facebook handle is facebook.com leaving an intentional legacy. Um, I'm on Pinterest, Instagram, Twitter, all at Angie Tolpin. I made it super easy. It's just the same.
1: Thank you so much for being with us, Angie. We really appreciate you taking the time. Oh,
2: it was great. Thanks for having me.
0: So that wraps up our show on the quiet fight between women. And let me tell you, this is not at all what I thought this was going to be about. I thought there was going to be a lot more catfighting and hair pulling. Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) But the comparison game, homeschoolers, let's bring this to an end. Let this generation be the generation that stops comparing.
1: Yeah. And hey, you know what? Here's the thing. You are loved. Your identity is in Jesus and what he already did for you. You don't need to compare yourself to other people he's pleased with you.
0: Yeah, when you live as loved, you live in the overflow of that love. Guess what you have for other people? Love. Right. So love God and love others. Let's do this well. So Kendra, are you ready for something we haven't done in a long time? Hmm. We're gonna play the game that everybody... not
1: eaten ice cream in a long time, Fletch.
0: We're not Let's doing some that. Ice cream. <laughs> We're gonna play the game that all of our lo- all all of our lovers love. Mm. All of our listeners love called Q and A with K and A. Oh, boy. One question each. You can ask me anything you want, and then I get to ask you anything I want.
1: Okay. Here we go.
0: Okay. I got one for you. All right. What is the first movie you remember seeing?
1: Oh, this is an easy one. I remember going to the drive-in theater with my cousin and my brothers, and they got to sit on top of the car and i sat inside with my mother and we watched mary poppins and one of my brothers dropped a soda down the front window <laughs> i remember that i was about five years old i think that's awesome yeah uh okay fletch so my question for you is what 80s fad did you follow
0: hmm what 80s fad did i follow do you have
1: did you have a pair of white ray-bans i did
0: that was a fad
1: totally a fa- hello did you have a pair of ray-bans
0: yeah, at all I okay. I had Varnays
1: Var- Oh Varnese
0: right they were a lot cooler no. than Raven um, You were behind me like a couple years there was oh, cool right, things that true. came out and then
1: So then I was by default cooler because I was younger
0: Yeah uh no really what trend I don't that was not a trend I followed what trend?
1: Vans, vans. You were Vans That's yes.
0: exactly what I was going to y- say You
1: might have to explain that to our listeners I... what is a van
0: well, People don't know what Vans it? are If you don't know what vans are, you probably, I don't know where you live. I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to offend anybody. But I don't even know where states are in the Midwest anyway. (laughs) Right. The last episode. But if you, uh, so vans, they're a canvas shoe. They were like skater shoes back in the 80s. Of course I wore vans because I skateboarded. All right, so yeah, I have a story about Vans. I came back my eighth grade year. I'd been down in L.A. for Southern California,
1: like the hub of all fashion trends. Yes,
0: 80s surf fashion right, specifically. Right. And I came back wearing solid red Vans. They looked like um, they looked like kids, but mine had checkers on yes, the sole. The it was on the sole though. It wasn't oh, on the man. canvas. And I had those on, and I came up to my locker, and Vicky, she's an eighth grade girl next to me. She's like, "Your shoes are dumb." I'm <laughs> like, like felt like so small. She she squished me Vicky. just like a peanut. And I was sitting there going, it's always ah, a girl
1: named Vicky.
0: Great. So I just felt horrible. Now I've got lame. But but in Southern California, everybody was wearing them. They were like the coolest shoes all summer. I come up to Northern California, and somebody's like, oh, those shoes are lame. Well, guess what? By Christmas time, everybody was wearing these shoes. Like the culture had caught up. And I never got credit for being cool, so Man, that was the oh, one wait. trend I followed.
1: Okay, so I have a very similar story to that. I mean, like almost identical, different shoe, because I came back from summer camp with a bunch of kids from Southern California, and I was wearing flohos
0: hos Yes,
1: like the like the old eighties flohos that were like crisscrossed across the top. I remember what they were. They're I
0: rub- know, like rubber sandals, basically.
1: And Matt, who was an eighth grader, said to me. Nice Jesus shoes.
0: Oh, But see, guess what Matt, Matt was
1: wearing like the next summer.
0: Yeah. Flojos, I'm Flow hoping because that would make the story perfect.
1: Yes. Okay. Yes, I'm telling you. Matt
0: and Vicky, shame on you. This is shame what... on you. You. You know what? You probably end up. You know what? I actually know what happened to Vicky because I've paid attention on Facebook. You know what ended up happening? What? She married like the hottest guy in high school. And they have gorgeous kids.
1: No, and, he's got like... And
0: no, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't. He's got he, a bald spot. He looks like Don Johnson like, from the <laughs> That's 80s. That's not a
1: compliment.
0: Well, it, he is...
1: <laughs> not like, now. Have you seen not, Don Johnson? He's not short and 2015? round and
0: like me looking. He's very, very hip and cool looking. <laughs> yeah,
1: but he was never short and round like yeah. you looking. Yeah,
0: But it's... She's definitely... She, she stayed the She would see me now and be like, really? Really? Really flat tie dye. Well, we?
1: I don't know where Matt is, but my flow hose rocked it. And I was at Costco today, and guess what they have?
0: Flow hose. <laughs> okay, again, I would hope so, right? That makes the story end well.
1: I'm telling you, I'm not even making that up. All Almost right, folks, bought some.
0: That was QA with K and A, '80s version. My question was so easy for you; you had to make it so complicated. <laughs> um. As we wrap up the show, how can people get in touch with us and talk more about this?
1: You can find us at facebook.com slash IRL, at Twitter, and our handle there is at homeschool IRL. We are on Pinterest. We are on Instagram. We are on Periscope
0: jeez, we're all over the place. We are. You can reach, you can You probably just open your window and shout out, hey, Fletch and Kendra. And we'll probably be there going, yeah. (laughs) Waving. We'll We'll wave wave as we drive by. That's
1: right. But, you know, if you run a homeschooling convention in Hawaii, we'll be there too.
0: I guarantee you, we will take that gig. (laughs) Um, We'd love to hear from you, so reach out to us that way. Go over to iTunes, leave us a review. So what's coming up next week?
1: Well, next week we're going to be answering a listener's question about would we please elaborate on what we mean by giving our seniors, that would be high school seniors, you know, around that 17, 18-year-old age, more freedom to make their own choices.
0: So what's that look like that yeah. last year? Yeah, and we might even get uh, one or two of our kids to answer that question with us. It's a homeschooling in real life to go, so it'll be short, quick, to the point. And we look forward to talking to you on the next episode.
2: Thanks for listening. This is Angie Tolpin. I'm calling from Central Oregon. You've been listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast on the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Everything on this show was written and produced by Andy and Kendra Fletcher. You can find out more about this show at homeschoolingirl.com or by searching for them on iTunes.